0: Hi everyone, Anne Louise Gittleman here with another episode of First Lady of Nutrition podcast and today we're talking about detox with a beautiful and very very intelligent gal who's a new rock star in the nutrition and healing space, Wendy Myers. So welcome to First Lady of Nutrition, Wendy Myers. Thank you so much for having me, Anne-Louise. Well, I'm delighted that you're doing such good work. Now, you're all about detoxing heavy metals. And what I want you to tell us is why are de- why is detoxing heavy metals more important now than ever before?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is just, you know, in the last, the research I've done in the last 10 years, uh, it's just so, metals and chemicals and toxins are so ever present in our environment. I mean, they are in the air and the food and the water. There's reports every day of, you know, food manufacturers knowing that like baby food has metals in it and still selling it. Um, You know, in uh, Home Depot selling, still selling leaded paint, even though it was outlawed in the seventies. Oh my Um, God,
0: you're kidding me. I never realized that.
1: Yes, and then uh, like in Flint, Michigan, that's just uh, one city that got know a lot of notoriety i mean lead is present in a lot of water supplies um and if it's not in the municipal water sources it's you know it's picking the water's picking up lead in the galvanized pipes they're still in tons of people's homes and um and all the municipal water sources uh you know they they have lots of chemicals they test for but there's ninety thousand chemicals and they're not they're only testing for a handful like 90 90 oh. chemicals, something crazy, and so, you know, and the the number one contaminant of uh, water is uh, uh, is testosterone, uh, you know, a hormone replacement, birth control pills, and so, it's no wonder that uh, so many people have hormone issues, and children are going into puberty puberty early. There's a reason for all this, and it can be be addressed. And there's toxins in our food, and um, you know, we're we're mining metals all over the planet. Everything you see around your desk has all kinds of metals in it. That's being mined from the earth. It's getting into the atmosphere, getting into the water supply, the air, and I mean, I can keep going on and on and on. But you know, it it doesn't you know, it's not a big stretch of the imagination to realize how many toxins are are getting into our bodies every single day and impairing every different organ system in our body in some
0: way. You know, I read something very interesting years ago, and I don't know if you, if you know this, but I actually studied with Paul Eck, who was the father of tissue mineral analysis. I yes. was a copperhead back then, so I'm very aware of copper being the new scourge of the 21st century, just like lead was of you know centuries ago. But wasn't it true that Beethoven suffered from lead toxicity? Yes. Yeah,
1: he did, and Napoleon died from arsenic toxicity as well. They confirmed that with hair mineral analysis, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and, and a lot of people, you know, have a slow but steady and not so steady demise uh, from from different heavy metals and chemicals.
0: So what I'd like to do is let's look over all this toxic me- medical and meta meta toxic medical and metals, heavy metal soup, so to speak, because we're absolutely inundated. As you say, we need about three livers rather than one in this day and age. Yeah. <laughs> but if we were to take them one by one, give me some of the most unusual sources of lead because I have read lots of interesting literature, done some studies of my own, and I'm finding a lot of bone broth is a hidden source of lead. So let's take that on.
1: Yes. Oh, so bone broth. Yeah. Wow. So I, I did a podcast on this and, um, it was, I was really, really intrigued. There was this, uh, one nutrition center, this doctor, they decided to, uh, they wanted to find out that for themselves. So they did a lot of tests on different bone broths and, and they did find that there were some lead in bone broths. Um, but there was in, uh, but there's also lead in um, in vegetables. There's lead in um, a lot of different foods because it was so present, uh, you know, released into our environment from leaded gasoline, and it's still in whatever 50 to 70 percent of homes. You know, if you have a home that was built before 1978, there's lead paint on the walls. and do restoration or repaint, it can get you know into the atmosphere. So. You know, lead is uh, very much present in our food supply, and I don't, I don't think bone broth should be vilified. Um, you know, I, I the findings of this study show that you know you don't really need to worry about uh, bone broth as much, even though it's made from, uh, even though it's made from bones where uh, lead is primarily stored. That's where the body will store away lead away from the vital organs and whatnot. Um, but this is just one study, but but they found that that the lead levels weren't terribly concerning in bone broth and certainly the benefits of it uh, far outweighed, you know, uh, you know, excluding that from your diet. And I think this is where, you know, and I'm, I'm of the same from a mind with like fish, you know, fish can be problematic, but it's an incredibly healthy source of nutrients. And when you think about how, how many toxins are in our food supply, um, in, in vegetables even, you know, you can't, you can't really throw out one food group. I know a lot of vegans will, you know, get in a tizzy about, oh, the meat, it's so toxic and all, you know, but, you know, you just have to choose, you know, the, the healthiest source of meat, but even grass-fed organic meat will still have, you know, accumulated. Uh, you know, fat-soluble toxins and heavy metals as well. But you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You, you need to eat the healthiest diet, the most varied diet that you can eat,
0: but mm. then do a
1: sensible detox program and live a detox lifestyle. You're not going to be doing yourself any favors by avoiding bone broth or avoiding fish or just stopping to eat meat. That doesn't solve the problem. It, it just doesn't. You you have to be, uh, you know, working on, removing toxins uh, as much as you can from your body. And we'll talk about some ways to do that.
0: Yes, I'm very excited about that. And back to the bone broth. I did my own individual study with a number of the best-selling bone broths that are out there on the market, as well as some of the collagen powders. And I didn't find high amounts of lead as your research also corroborated. But you know what I did find, Wendy? Very, very high amounts of fluoride. Mm, And that's because of the fluoride-based pesticides that they were using in the feed for some of the animals so the point being is that poisons are abounding in the environment in our food and our air and our water and you've got to be very diligent in in being able to excrete them so the, as long as your body can have detox methodologies to excrete healthfully I think that's what the ticket is rather than complete avoidance so I don't disagree but if somebody yeah, that's,
1: yeah. that's interesting on the fluoride because I this this company they didn't uh, there's a uh, group they didn't test for fluoride I mean, there's, there's more than just lead that people have to be concerned about. I'm sure there's glyphosate too. And there's there's other toxins as well that are in the But the fluoride was, sc- but it was
0: sky high. And oh, why wow. we decided to test for it, there there was some reason for it and I can't remember. I think we were looking for hidden fluoride in, in kombucha. We were looking for hidden fluoride in a number of other elements. And we decided to use the bone broth as kind of a trial and it went through the roof. It was one of the best selling bone broth products on the market at the time. So the point being is you can't overdo one food group. You have to have a varied diet and you have to be able to excrete. So my problem has always been that many of my people are not excretors. And if you yeah. use the tissue mineral analysis as the gold standard, you're not gonna really know what's sequestered in the tissues. So how do you feel about that? Yes,
1: and I, I'm in hundred percent agreement. I'm, I mean, I've done, you know, thousands and thousands of hair mineral analysis. And, you know, one point I realized, you know, it's it's an amazing tool. I mean, there's so much information in a hair mineral analysis, so we're not just looking at the metals, and but it, even if someone isn't secreting metals on a hair mineral analysis, that also gives you information that they need assistance in uh, clearing their detox pathways and optimizing those. And so, uh, so no information is also some information, <laughs> at least when it comes to heavy metals.
0: Very well um, stated. And, yeah, very true. I see. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think like a lay person is like just looking for the heavy metals. That they don't see any. They're like, oh, I'm in the clear, or this test is invalid. And, and so, I mean, I have uh, spent years researching hair mineral analysis and the, the scientific validity of that. And so, I think you have to look beyond just looking at the metal levels on an HTMA and so there's lots of hidden metals that you can find and you, you need to look at the mineral levels and lots, lots of patterns that will tell us thyroid function, adrenal functioning and lots of, it's a very, very good screening tool. And uh, There is no perfect heavy metals test some metals come out in the hair, some metals inscrete in the urine, some metals inscrete in the stool. And some come out in your skin and you never you never know about those because they're, you're not testing for that. Um, so there, there's lots of different ways that, that metals come out. You can also test the blood, like with a quicksilver test. Uh, those are you know pretty good. And uh, so uh, there's no one test that's going to tell you your complete body burden of metals. You have to test consistently over time trying out different things. Every test that I've done, I have new metals coming out or more of a metal that's coming out. And it's just a process. So usually what I find is an initial test may have very little or no metals coming out. But once people start doing things to facilitate metal excretion, you see more metals on the second and even the third
0: tests. Yes. And people have to understand that. What always fascinated me about the tissue mineral analysis was the importance of the significant ratios. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so the, which significant ratios did you want to discuss? Calcium to potassium because thyroid function is so important. It's such an epidemic. Yes. Yeah. So the
1: calcium to potassium ratio on a hair mineral analysis is an interesting little tool, um, because I have uh, mentored for a very long time with a medical doctor who's 35 years practicing medical doctor and loves HTMA. (laughs) And and he, he so all his clients or patients, he does an HTMA first because he loves it as a screening tool. And then he'll run all these different other medical tests, including thyroid function and adrenal function and all these different things. And so he's done this with thousands of people and he's corroborated that the, the calcium to potassium ratio very tightly correlates to the TSH levels or thyroid stimulating hormone. And so when the, uh, the, cal, the calcium to potassium ratio was high, that means the person probably has high thyroid stimulating hormone, and therefore they're having some issues with either not producing enough thyroid hormone or the thyroid hormone is not uh, being uh, converted to T3, the T4 to T3 conversion. And that's causing the body to produce more thyroid stimulating hormone to tell the body, hey, we need more thyroid hormone. Um, So that's a very interesting uh, number to look at on a a hair mineral analysis. Um, Then we, we also have the adrenal ratio which is the um, sodium, it to is,
0: potassium, to sodium to magnesium.
1: Yeah. Sodium to magnesium ratio. And that's really low. And that's, I believe it's like two or below, actually, you know, below two, two is ideal. But if it's below that, that's a really assigned people's adrenals are pretty tanked. They're pretty fried. And, um, and you know, with our fast paced lifestyle and all the EMF and EMF radiation and just the the craziness of this last year not surprised uh i mean i i very rarely have someone i test whose sodium potassium ratio or sodium magnesium ratio isn't completely tanked um and you can also look at the numbers on an htma like the sodium potassium level if you add those together and it's 15 or less it's a sign they have pretty significant you know adrenal fatigue or low production of stress hormones like Uh, uh, cortisol and aldosterone, which is used to make cortisol. Um, So there's lots of ways that you can really pick apart and analyze a hair mineral analysis that's incredibly useful. And it it gives you clues to what other tests they should be doing.
0: Exactly. And I think it's underutilized and greatly unappreciated. I'm particularly excited about the ratio of the zinc to copper. What do you think that is helpful for?
1: Well, it's not, you know, it's I don't know, our our medical director Dr. Bruce Jones has, he hasn't been able to find a lot of correlation with the zinc to copper ratio and and like finding a tremendous amount of significance there that's scientifically validated. So there's a lot of theories uh, I think uh, out there when it comes to to copper and zinc and the HDMA, uh, but he he's really searched, you know, scoured the research to try to find uh, is this scientifically validated many things that are said and he kind of um, uh, you know hasn't really he doesn't look at that to determine if someone has like copper toxicity or not for instance um, so he just has some other markers that that he will look at like say like the copper to molybdenum ratio if that's 800 or over that's one sign that people could potentially have copper toxicity
0: and what about the iron to copper
1: Um, you know, I don't, I don't recall if that's something that he
0: looks at. It's not something I tend to look at. I look at it these days because I worked with a gentleman, Dr. George Brewer, and I'd love you to pass that name along to your uh, medical director, George Brewer, who wrote about the the importance of the zinc to copper ratio and the significance of Alzheimer's development in countries that don't have copper, uh, Mm -hmm. copper pipes. It's, It's a very, very clear cut ratio. So um, I I write about that in my new book, ladies and gentlemen, called Radical Longevity, which you can get at (laughs) longevitybook.com. So pick up a copy pre-ordered today. So my point being is I had to rewrite the whole book after speaking with him. He is Uh, out of the University of Michigan, extremely brilliant, came to me and wanted to do a clinical test, but I was in the middle of rewriting the book and I couldn't. But the copper significance is quite, quite extraordinary. So, I would yeah. love for you to pass that name along. Dr. George yeah. Brewer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean people do have a lot of problems with copper regulation. Absolutely. Like they, they have issues with using the copper in their body, getting, get, getting you know, you know absorbable levels of copper in their diet. Um, I think people have a lot of copper dysregulation issues because of stress because of adrenal fatigue, because of iron overload. You know, I think so many people are iron toxic today and uh it's a huge huge problem so that's what it's all about hair mineral analysis helps us balance out our our minerals and uh, get sort of heavy metals and doing that with proper mineral balancing and so it's just a very delicate act and so it's the htma is a great way to monitor if what you're doing is working or not and it's
0: so non-invasive yeah yeah it's great it's great I mean, women they
1: hate cutting their little their hair off but uh they live (laughs) you
0: survive but big deal big deal (laughs) yeah who cares so so what i'm i used to see a lot of aluminum i don't quite see as much aluminum why do you think that's the case these days
1: well you know when i was using the arl it's analytical research labs out of phoenix
0: Phoenix, that's the Paulette group
1: yeah so when i was using them i saw aluminum a lot and then when I switched to using the TEI, the Trace Elements International, um, you know, I wasn't seeing aluminum hardly at all, and that's because I think that their parameters aren't set properly to detect aluminum. I think
0: it's more because it's there. I mean, everyone has aluminum. Everyone, and you tell us, Wendy Mars, where are people it's getting impossible. aluminum? Where are they getting, getting it? From? When they breathe,
1: uh, it's in the air. They're getting it in uh, their deodorants. They've been slathering on their armpits for decades. There, it's a, it's a, an anti-caking agent in salt and sugar and flour. It's, uh, it's used uh, in uh, vaccinations um, as an adjuvant. It's used in, um, I mean, just so many different things, you know, aluminum cans and, and aluminum foil and aluminum pots and pans that are cheap, that are used at restaurants. Um, it, it's just uh, every client of mine that's using aluminum uh, pots and pans they have high aluminum levels on their test. So I don't think, uh, so if people do an h 2 me and they don't have aluminum, that doesn't mean it isn't there. It's just not coming out on that particular test that you're doing. So don't let that fool you. Everyone has aluminum. Are it's you picking ab- up, yeah. can
0: you pick up nano aluminum from the uh, chemtrails on a tissue mineral analysis or is it just sequestered? I, I
1: don't know. I mean, I, If your body is, your body will, you, I I assume if you get enough of it, your body will attempt to excrete it as best it can, but it can only excrete it if it has a certain nutrients it needs to do so. Like if it has enough silica, which most people don't get enough of, or it has. They're very,
0: very deficient. So where are we going to get our silica, Wendy Myers? Well, you get it in vegetables and shiny vegetables
1: because when your vegetables are shiny, that means that's the silica. That's what gives your, your skin
0: like that glow <laughs> the luster, and your... that luster, that beautiful luster, and our hair and nails as well. Yeah, and, and you can get it in collagen. Yeah, uh, well, collagen helps to to you know
1: you need silica to help to optimize collagen. Um, but I have a supplement called Ageless AF. And that has a really highly absorbable form of silica. The silicon vegetables, you, it only has like a three percent absorption rate, but that's okay. I mean, you know, every little bit helps. Um, but drinking like you know silica-rich waters, like Fiji waters, is great. It's not going to be enough to completely detox, um, but every little bit helps. Um, so th- there's lots of different ways to detox aluminum. Uh, there's you know citrus pectins help. Uh, there's lots of different products out there that will help get rid of aluminum. What about the bio
0: is that absorbable?
1: Will that chelate oh, yeah. the aluminum? bio is amazing. The same silica is in my age Uh So they're the exact same, you know, form of silica.
0: Sounds like a good product. There are, there are also liquid silicas that are on the market. I'm also told that sulfur is very deficient. That what is? Sulfur. sulfur.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, cause people, a lot of people don't want to eat garlic. I mean, one quarter of Americans don't eat vegetables at all. Um, But, you know, you need garlic and onions and egg yolks and things like that. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, they don't eat enough of those vegetables. Um, They don't eat the sulfur rich vegetables, you know, like the, you know, the cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower and cabbage. And some people don't like them because they make you fart, you know, (laughs) but you know, beans, you know, a lot of people will avoid those. But they're so
0: good for you. And they bind up excess bile. Beans are really an unevaluated, underappreciated food. I'm a big believer in beans after talking to my new friend, Karen Hurd, who has a bean protocol mm. for be- being able to chelate unexcreted bile. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I love beans. I live in Mexico, so I just I <laughs> eat beans all the time. <laughs> you're, you're, you're And I love them myself. We have two or three nights where we're just having soups, whether they're uh, chickpea soups or lentil soups, and I adore mm. Indian food for that reason. Now, I want to backtrack a little bit To chelate aluminum, we're talking about silica. You have a product, give us the name of the product again.
1: Yes, it's called Ageless AF. And so it's got silica, but it also has like hyaluronic acid and biotin and selenium for DNA repair and and to help make thyroid hormones too. So there's a few nice ingredients that help to detox aluminum and other metals that are mitochondrial poisons like aluminum are, and it helps to chelate, uh, you know, aluminum, arsenic, tin, thallium, and cesium, which are all mitochondrial poisons. Um, so silic is really, really important and most people are deficient.
0: And highly deficient. Now, what about calcium? Uh, no, I just, there, that was a uh, Freudian slip. What about lead? Yeah, so, so
1: lead, uh, you know, things that are great for that are citrus pectins. Those are fantastic. Um, you can also take uh, other types of binders. Charcoal is good. I if love charcoal,
0: nice and inexpensive. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, if someone is very lead toxic, then I would do some EDTA. Um, that could be harmful, you know, kind of harsh. Some people can't tolerate it. It's a synthetic sulfur. If someone has a sulfur sensitivity issue, they can't like, you can't handle garlic and onions. You, you are not going to be able to handle EDTA. Um, but usually that, that sensitivity comes about because of toxins, um, it, and it causes a malfunctioning of the, of the immune system and other detox pathways. So it's kind of this catch-22, you just kind of have to go other routes first, but you know, EDTA is great for, for lead.
0: And I'm seeing an, an, an inordinate amount of uranium in people's hair these days. Yeah. So what do we do for the uranium? Does that necessarily mean radon poisoning or they're just being exposed to radon?
1: Yeah, so we don't we don't know the types of uranium on a hair test. That, that's the kind of what I would like to see in the future is hair testing where we're differentiating the different types of arsenic or different types of mercury or different types of uranium, for instance. So we don't know if it's the radioactive kind or the more benign type, but you know, uranium is uh, because of pesticide use is getting kind of etched out of rocks that are in soil where our food is grown and then it gets into the water supply and it's a, a contaminant in well water and it's something that i'm seeing in uh, almost every client including myself all my friends everyone i tested that lives in california or and many people in the southwestern united states or that used to live there at any time have uranium and so uh, and you know and i saw like a huge dump of uranium one time in my own hair test And I had about a fifth or sixth of my hair fall out when that uranium was coming out and it kind of freaked me out, but it grew back. But when I had that big dump of uranium, my hair was definitely coming out. Uh, But uranium, you can get rid of that with zeolites. And I've seen it reduce
0: with uh, citrus pectins and EDTA will help that as well. So the other ones we see quite a lot of are arsenic. Can you speak to arsenic and where we're getting it from in the environment, in our foods, in our water?
1: Yeah, arsenic, I just interviewed Dr. Joe Pizzorno on arsenic and all the different problems it causes. It's a huge underlying root cause of diabetes too. because it's it's very poisonous to the uh, insulin production of the body. And um, it's we're getting it in water. It's a, a big problem in our water supplies. I mean, literally, uh, a quarter of the country of Bangladesh, the people are arsenic poisoned. Oh, because how unfortunate. It's in, and it, a lot of people in India and Argentina, it's a huge problem in these countries. And people are also getting it from rice. Uh, you know, Brown rice is gonna harbor more of the toxins than white rice. Isn't, the, that, isn't that ironic? I know, right? Yeah, and so it just, in, but even white rice can still have some arsenic. It depends on the soil in which it's grown. And so organic rices uh, can tend to have less arsenic, but not always. Um, so I tend to avoid rices grown in the Southern United States. I like Lundberg, that's a really good rice grown in California. Delicious a lot rice. Of- Yeah, I love it and because there was a lot of arsenic-based pesticides used in the southern U.S. so that can still be present in the soil and persist there. And I tend to avoid, you know, any kind of rices from India um, because they have a lot of problems with with toxins, a lot of rice from China. They just, their environments are very polluted. The governments have not protected, you know, put protection in place. So for metals and toxins, so I just want to try to avoid foods from those countries Uh, There's always exceptions though. Um, But arsenic is also present in chicken and eggs because it's a practice around the world to feed chickens, um, chicken feed that contains arsenic Mm. because it makes the chickens grow faster. So they Mm -hmm. grow 50% faster and it, uh, it makes the meat look kind of pink and healthy, even if it's not. And so Farmers are paid by the weight of their chickens. So this is a practice around the world. So you wanna eat organic and or organic and pasture chickens and eggs so that you avoid the the arsenic. And arsenic poisons uh, the the enzyme that gets triglycerides out of fat cells. So anyone that's having resistant
0: weight loss or weight gain, part of the problem can be arsenic. So what do we do to get rid of the arsenic? What do you do with your clients and your followers? Yeah, so I give them my, my ageless AF because that has that silica that will bind to
1: arsenic and remove it. Um, arsenic, uh, it's also removed. Um, Isn't it selenium? Isn't
0: selenium another one for arsenic? Similar yeah, selen- to mercury?
1: Yeah, selenium is, um, I just forget off the top of my head. That's all right. You remember the other things that. for arsenic. But I have, um, I do have some charts that I can consult that tell me like all the different heavy metals and uh, what removes them. And I'm gonna look that up right now. <laughs> so I can I, th- tell I you think guys. it's
0: similar to mercury in that regard.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I have it right here. So for arsenic, the things that remove that are, um, DMSA will remove that. Citrus pectin is great for removing arsenic. Um, sodium are lipoate. So sodium lipoic acid. Zeolites are great. A lot of things remove arsenic, garlic, glutathione. You just have um, to know
0: that you need to remove it is the issue.
1: Exactly. NAC and then uh, SAMe will get arsenic out of the cranial cavity. Selenium is great. So that's also in my ageless AF. Because selenium is a, a very detoxifying mineral. That's why I put it in my ageless supplement. And then uh, taurine and vitamin E, which I I take, take every day. Love it. Lots of things get rid of arsenic.
0: So we haven't discussed mercury, which we need to talk about, and cadmium. Maybe let's talk about cadmium first. Number one, are you seeing a lot of cadmium, and where is it coming from? And then, of course, how do we detox it?
1: Yeah, so cadmium mainly comes from cigarettes. And so what I found that in my clients that have cadmium, if they have smoked at any point in their life, even if it was 30 years ago, they still have the cadmium in their body. But what about secondhand smoke? In secondhand smoke too, Whoa. absolutely. Because at I live, least the, I lived with a cigar smoker for many years. Yeah, yeah. Because at least the smoker has the benefit of the filter. You know, <laughs> but you don't, correct? You know? Yeah, and so cadmium is an issue. You know, my dad died a, of esophageal cancer after smoking for forty-four years. Oh, so this is I'm something sorry. I, I, I definitely have researched and looked into. And yeah, cadmium is a, a big problem. And even people, you know, smoking medicinal marijuana. Well, guess what? They use the hemp plant for to clean up toxic soil because mm. it's very adept at, uh, you know, absorbing all those toxins in the soil, and it gets into the leaves. And so, you know, people that are, smoke a lot of marijuana will have uh, high levels of cadmium. Mm. And so the vapes are different, the vaping is different and taking like maybe the gummies, a lot of the the regulated medical marijuanas will be tested for cadmium lead arsenic and mercury. So those are usually okay, but just the flour itself, you you have to be careful because it will have cadmium
0: even though it has other benefits. And I'm told that some of the seaweeds are very high source, unexpected sources of cadmium, including nori. Yeah, yeah, all of the all
1: of the ocean uh, fish, uh, you know, wherever you have mercury, you have cadmium also. A lot of people get, you know, all the large migratory fish and shellfish. Like, oh, it's mercury, but that also has cadmium and lead and nickel and other metals as a result of coal burning. It's all the result of coal burning and, and these unclean fuels, because that gets into the atmosphere, settles in the ocean, and it just kind of accumulates in the food chain. So uh, cadmium is a problem in shellfish and fish and um, it's an industrial pollutant. It's in paints, like any red paint, any old dishware, uh, Pyrex, anything, or anything that's painted red, that is a source of
0: cadmium. What about the um, La Creuset?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's on the outside, as long as it's just not touching the food, you know, um, or you're not eating off at like a plate, like a decorated plate, that's fine. But if it's on the, like the says, that enamel is on the outside, that's okay. It's not like touching your food. And well, one, one would
0: it. think except Lead Free Mama did a study and found that it did migrate into the food. So you can't be too careful. And that leads me to another topic. Is there a particular cooking utensil or type of utensil you like the best that's non-leaching?
1: Yeah, so any stainless steel I think is fine as long as it's kind of heavy duty and good quality and not old, like some of the stainless steels, if they're really, really old, they can start, they have like little nicks in them and can start leaching uh, metals, uh, especially like nickel and things like that. Um, The uh, titanium, like Salad Master is really, really good. Um, But the tried and true is, and most feasible, economical is just plain old stainless steel. Love
0: stainless steel, as long, as long as it's not aluminum or copper clad. Yeah, Mm -hmm. those are the keys. So, last but not least, as we round up this most exciting discussion about heavy metals and toxic elements, is mercury. So, talk to us about mercury. I wanted to say one thing about cadmium. Cadmium causes more cancers than
1: all of the other metals combined. Whoa! Say that. Say that again, please. Yes. Cadmium causes. Yeah. Cadmium causes more cancers than all of the other metals combined. Why? So that is it because it. It, when cells divide, cadmium interferes with the genes dividing properly, and so you get a mutated cell. And that cell, if you are stressed or your immune system is otherwise occupied with all kinds of other infections, that cell will be allowed, that mutant cell will be allowed to grow unabated, and that can grow into a tumor, be it benign or malignant. And so it just interferes in cells copying properly and that DNA dividing properly.
0: So are there any particular kinds of cancers where it's more prevalently found? Are we talking pancreatic cancer, some of the more devastating diagnoses? It can be in any type of cancer. Cadmium can be, but you know,
1: a lot of these metals we're talking about cause cancers, you know, arsenic, uh, mercury, lead, a lot of them cause cancers, Um, but cadmium is really the most insidious. That's why smokers get cancer.
0: Hmm. What about Parkinson's? Do you see a particular heavy metal? Um, uh, how should we say this pattern of health with a particular heavy metal with either Parkinson's or ALS or even Alzheimer's?
1: Yeah. So definitely mercury is a factor and then, um, lead is going to be a huge factor as well, as well as iron. So those are going to be like the biggest kind of contributors to, uh, uh, heavy, you know, Parkinson's and dementia. Um, aluminum is also implicated in Parkinson's as well. And uh, so those I'd say were, are going to be the, the top metals involved in that.
0: Now, last but not least, let's talk about being mad as a hatter because mercury is my toxic metal and I've had mine tested using the oligo scan, which I have found to be extraordinarily easy, non-invasive and quick. Yeah.
1: Oh, I had one other thing,
0: manganese also is implicated in Parkinson's as well.
1: And where that's are the Where are
0: people getting manganese from? Because I find it very deficient. Half the people are deficient, the other half are toxic. Yeah, so manganese is found in well water. Uh, it's very prevalent in Texas, I found. Yeah, and in Oklahoma and, as well, my dear. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and 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 the manganese can cause also Parkinson's like symptoms as well. Even if you don't have it, people can be misdiagnosed because it it accumulates in the pons, and cerebellar region of the brain. It can cause you know the, you know the Parkinson's like symptoms. But you know manganese is like I said, it in well water. A lot of people don't test for it if they grow grew up or work on um, like an airport. It's it's in. The, uh, the jet fuel and it can cause depression, but it, it's definitely implicated in-, in Now instances. that is so
0: interesting that you say that. I have a gal that works for me on my research team that just had a stroke. She, they, they thought it was a mini stroke. She has shown extraordinarily high amounts of man- manganese in her tissue mineral analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do we do to get rid of it?
1: Yeah, so for manganese, uh, that responds really well to cilantro to EDTA, uh, sodium lipoic acid, zeolites, and uh, to zinc as well.
0: On to being mad as a hatter. Talk to us about mercury and whether or not you're still eating fish, and if so, what kind? Yes, so yeah, mercury, everyone has mercury. You you can't escape it, Um, even if it's
1: not on testing, it's just not coming out on that test. It, it's absolutely impossible to avoid it. it it's in the air that we breathe and it's coming from coal burning uh, that's one of the, the primary sources that's why it's in the fish the coal burning gets it into the air and it gets into the water and just kind of accumulates and you know and even though we have a lot of in the us a lot of regulations with a lot of these different companies even though a lot of those have been rolled back uh, by Trump but uh, and, but it's not just trump it's you know, it's just, it's the whole government regulation that gets a huge mess. It's not Trump. There's all these other people behind the scenes uh, doing that. So, and, but even let's say in China, they don't have the scrubbers and the things that we have here. And so those toxins get into the weather pattern and they come over here, you know, at at some point it's in a small planet. And so, uh, but there's many, many different sources of mercury. I mean, we, we get it in here, I have like a little list here. So we get Good. it in, you know, of course, mercury amalgam fillings, oh, uh, that's wow. still being placed. Uh, it, I don't understand why. Um, we're getting it in fungicides. Oh, uh, we get it in latex and oil-based paints. It's in air conditioner filters. It's in, you know, we get it in body powders, uh, bleached flour can have it. Uh, we can, a lot of people have broken thermometer accidents and get these acute exposures from that. Yes. The, there's a lot of different uh, Chinese herbs because they're, you know, highly,
0: highly, full of lead and mercury.
1: Yes, people can get it in um, acquired in utero from mom if she has a lot of mercury fillings and copper. Yeah, we get it in exhaust fumes. We can get it in uh, different paints. It's in 400 different medications because it's a Ooh. great, it's a great antimicrobial. So ubiquitous. It's a skin. It's using skin lightening creams tattooing, people getting tattoos, get a lot of different metals from that, uh, cadmium and nickel and other ones, lead, uh, contaminated water and just industrial waste dumping. It just gets, you know, a lot of companies are dumping illegally and just pay the little fine if they get caught, it's just a cost of doing business.
0: So what do you eat? Do you eat mercury ridden fish, smaller fish, healthier fish, wild caught fish? I eat everything. I'm a garbage disposal, <laughs> well, pretty much. You're being very transparent, <laughs> Wendy Myers.
1: Yeah, so I do I do eat fish. I mean, I eat a lot of sardines. I love sardines. Um, I eat a lot of wild caught salmon. I, I live in Mexico on the ocean. So I, I eat a lot of like locally caught seafood here. And, um, you know, but I I do avoid like the tunas and some of the more large migratory fish, because those are very obvious sources of high level, you know, we know those have high levels of mercury. Um, but, you know, I, I do eat oysters here and there. And even though they have metals, they're also very, very rich in minerals. And where you find minerals, you also find metals. So it's, it's very difficult to avoid of metals in your diet, because even vegetables have them, Um, you know, vegetables that have a lot of, you know, sulfur, they just, um, they attract metals, they attract thallium and and other metals to them. And uh, so that's just, you know, the reality of our modern lives. So I don't get too worked up about food, I try to avoid the most obvious sources. But even if you avoid every potential source of toxin, um, it's still in the air. It's they're still in the water. They're still in these petroleum-based clothes that people are wearing. You know, you're wearing like a little toxin, you know, nicotine patch uh, wearing, you know, petroleum-based clothing all day long. I mean, it just, you can drive yourself kind of nuts thinking about it. So I just kind of live my life, try to avoid the most obvious sources. And then I just do a sensible daily detox routine. And I've just incorporated that into my life. And I don't, I don't get myself to, you know, worked up about it.
0: That's such a nice note to end our discussion on. People can find you on Myers Detox, Wendy.
1: Yes, I'm on MyersDetox.com and I'm on YouTube, youtube youtube.com slash Wendy Myers. And if any of you guys are really, you know, concerned about your body burden of toxins, I created a quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com, where you can take a lifestyle questionnaire and kind of get your results that will tell you your relative level body burden of toxins. And you get a free video series that will answer all your frequently asked questions about how to detox.
0: I wanna thank you very much for being my guest. This has been most enlightening, Heavy Metals with Wendy Myers.
1: Yes, well, thanks so much for having me. I love talking about this because, you know, for me, when I was, you know, starting my health journey, it it can be very kind of uh, complex trying to figure out why you have these symptoms or why you don't feel as good as you think that you should. And I got very lucky to find detox very early and and I was doing everything right. I was eating an amazing diet, fresh food, you know, making my own food, farmer's market, organic. Um, I was uh, taking um, the most high quality supplements. I was working out, you know, three, five, even eight hours a week, some weeks. And I I felt like crap. And and I just couldn't figure out. I didn't understand why. And I my full time job was being healthy, and so if that kind of sounds like you, uh, I assure you you need to be thinking about adding detoxification to your health routine.
0: I think detox needs to be a daily occurrence, not a seasonal event.
1: Yeah. So absolutely. on that note, I'm, I,
0: yeah, it should be part of your lifestyle. So thank yeah. you again, Wendy Mars. We'll have you back again. I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in. Yet yeah, once again to another episode of first lady of nutrition and i want to thank my sponsor UnikiHealth.com. Uniki was just focused on in a recent national magazine and their bio builder is outstanding for those of you that want to heal your fatty liver yes indeed do what georgia noble did in women's world so thank you once again lots of love to everybody be safe be healthy shalom